0: Ready and welcome to What Would The Smart Party Do? As always, I'm joined by my good friend, Baz.
1: Hello, Baz. Hello there. Everything good down your end, I take it? Oh, yeah, yeah, everything's great down my end. how's it up your end? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> it was
0: snowing today, which I found <laughs> horrific, so I can only assume we're close to the end of days and we need to get our zombie survival kits ready for when the apocalypse turns up. But, um, yeah, <sighs> that aside, it's all fine. Scrim up,
1: North. Listen... If we can't survive a zombie apocalypse, um, I spent the last 30 years reading the wrong books. So (laughs) I I think we're going to be okay, mate. I've got a log fire burning in my house, and it's the end of April. That's just odd, isn't it? It is very odd. Although Game of Thrones is starting again, so I can only see winter is coming. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's good to have it back, actually. It reminds me of the... the, It's nine months since it's been on, which has flown by. It's good to have it back, I think.
0: Yeah, my friend's had a baby, actually. That's how long it's been. He must have gone. Well, got to do something to keep so busy. <laughs> I'll say As soon as Game of Thrones finished. <laughs> Bless him. Now what are we going to do?
1: <laughs>
0: well, what are we going to talk about this week? Talking about weird snowstorms and odd things happening, I've got in my clammy little hands Into the Odd by uh, Chris McDowell, yeah. which is uh, one of those short OSR-type games, I believe. Uh, and it's something you've read through and we've talked about a little bit previously. I've had a bit of a flick through it, but I think what I would like you to do, Baz, if this is okay with you, is sort of take me through this little book, maybe a little bit character, and we can have a bit of a look at it and see what the good points, bad points, or other points of interest are for our loyal listeners. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. I've got a copy of myself. Uh, i got it on PDF, um, printed off a hard copy at work. That's what it's for. Of course. Um doesn't take much it's only a slim thing and um, I guess we should mention this was at the request of our patrons as well and uh, and a bunch of people that we polled on various internet sites so uh, we got people to vote for what should the smart party play Um, and this is what came up and I'm glad it did uh, because I think it's probably going to spark a bit of interest I hope it is Um, and what we'll do then guys like you say is we'll roll some dice Uh, we'll kind of do what what anybody who buys a new game does which is kind of look through it uh read a few things maybe skim a couple of bits play with it a bit kick the tires on it basically um and then see what comes out at the end and i have no preconceptions whatsoever um because you and i we don't always share the same taste in games so i think this will be interesting be interested if we agree with each other on on what's in it mm-hmm. yeah so um Okay, so let's go. Well, first of all, a sort of question I had for you then, Gaz, because kind of, I think I brought this to your attention, is had you ever heard of this particular game before? And if so, what preconceptions did you have?
0: I have heard of it in hushed tones. Um, there's, the kind of cover's got... Um, I guess it looks a little bit like a dungeon or something, or a sort of a steampunk one. It's kind of got an old school... Reminds me of... Um, Lancashire Mill or something like that on the top of it Mm. and then the Into the Odd title page is actually all caverns and looks like a level of an old um, 8-bit pixel platform game or something like that a little bit so um, I'm aware of it due to people like uh, Mick Reddick who's a a vociferous uh, reader and player of the old OSR games and that sort of stuff so I've got to assume it's of that kind of nature Um, but Mm. but rather mean classic D&D looks maybe a little bit Victorian, a a bit steampunk, something like that perhaps Something out of the ordinary
1: anyway, and not just your normal bashing goblins over the head, I would imagine. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it, you, you're right. The, the front, the cover of it is, um, for me, it's a homage to the old uh, basic D&D rule set, which had a cutaway dungeon in it, all done in black and white. But this covers in black and white. It's striking. Mm. Um, into the Odd, I, I'm not taken with the title, because to me, before I knew anything about it, I thought it was going to be a comedy game. And I've no doubt it could be played for laughs but it ain't a comedy game and I don't really like those sort of like humour games so I was kind of I stayed away from it a bit Um, I was wrong I don't think it is I think it's much more about weird than odd maybe that's just the way I read words but I got the sense that maybe it was a bit gonzo and I don't think it has to be that way we'll find out I guess
0: yeah I think there's one of those I can't remember which one it is now there's one of those savage world settings that's got its own little world but it's basically like a trash world you play pieces of garbage and stuff like that so it I just had a an echo of that in my head. If you know what I mean, I can't remember exactly what that's called. But that's got Odd in the title or in the world or something. Uh, low life. That's it. Yeah. So I know what you mean from that that sort of angle. Um, but I am kind of interested in stuff like there was. Um, I think we mentioned "Children of the Sun" in one of the previous podcasts, mm. which was classed as diesel punk and turned out to be nothing to do with diesel really at all. So I don't know why it was called diesel <laughs> punk or punk for that matter. But anything that's got that kind of. Uh, fantasy meets machinery kind of stuff. So things like um, Iron Kingdoms that we've played or you know that sort of thing I'm quite interested in. So from that point of view, I, mm. I was sort of like peaked and thought, well, what, what could this be about? Is it down my alley or not? But I'd, I'd sort of not read enough of it or heard enough about it to work out exactly what went on. All I did get was people like Mick and others who were like, oh, yeah, it's amazing. People should totally play this. But as usual, when someone gets overexcited about something... It was low on details and high on enthusiasm, so I'm still sort of yeah. missing some of the key bits about, well, what what is it you actually do and what's, what's great about it? I understand it is great for, for some people, certainly, but what is that? So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit, I think it might be OSR, but I don't know what else is going to go on, except that it's a bit weird.
1: Okay, well, uh, low on detail and high on enthusiasm could probably describe the writing. So let's get stuck into it, and we'll see what happens. So, uh, right, straight in, past the table of contents. I suppose the first thing to note is it's only 34 pages long. Um, And, you know, it's set out in two column, nice font, nice bits of art all the way through it, really easy to read, and it doesn't muck about because the very first page of rules in it on page four is your character. Um, And actually, the entire character generation system is summed up on that page and the next one which is just one giant table which we'll roll on in a minute um so if you flick over the page you then realize you're straight into playing the game that's it that's the equivalent of a player's handbook right there two sides of a4 um i i I kind of have all kinds of preconceptions about rules like games my assumption is it must be rules like because there's only two pages to it um and i think that's always going to be a matter of preference but I do like an easy read and if it's only going to take me a couple of pages even if I don't like it it's not exactly taken up forever so I'm kind of pleased that uh, straight away with that what about you guys do you do you prefer to see a big meaty chapter in front of you with a new game or, or is this refreshing <laughs> for you? Uh, it looks
0: a little bit like for me I'll be honest uh, it's the sort of thing that seems like it'd be good for a pick up and play game um, or maybe short run so an immediate, immediate impression would be that you know, it's not something that's got a massive amount of longevity to it necessarily. Uh, not for me personally, because mm-hmm. I do like some mechanical heft, so I'll probably get, or possibly get fed up if we played it for you know a year, and this is all the rules there are. Um, but equally, I know that people have been playing it for months and months and got loads of enjoyment out of it, so it might be more, or less about the rec- the rules and all the rest of it, more about the interesting stories people make at a table. Um mm-hmm and one of the dangers you've got with some of the indie press games is that they create a mechanical set of rules to try and support the type of game they want and that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't so for example Apocalypse World I think we know that I'm not massively enamoured with even though a lot of people are because I don't really mm-hmm. think the rules work that great and seem almost a constraint sometimes rather than an enabler so I'll be interested to see if something that's quite light on rules um, but in a similar vein in terms of being small press and quite light easy to read that this does something more for me
1: do know yeah okay well let's give it a go i think um we'll, we'll pit straight into it i think the very first point of interest for me is uh it's not written on on the paper anywhere but it's that you, you're getting straight into character generation i'm going to ask you to do it in a sec guys you know, get your dice out roll some bones we'll see what comes up with no comprehension at all about what the setting is so unlike what, 90% of games that you might want to play? There's no think of a concept or, you know, have a, have a browse through this setting and imagine what, what sort of character you want to play and then we'll roll the dice. It's straight into the dice and and the setting, uh, well, I know where it is. It's not on this page necessarily, but it alludes to it and no more than that. Mm. So, so let's go. Um, you've got three stats, mate. You've got strength, dexterity and willpower and only those three stats... And we're going really old school. I suppose this is the oldest of old school bit in it. It's uh, roll 3d6 for each ability score. Um, in order, I suppose. Although, don't say you can swap two of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, more, yeah. <laughs> One of them I'll definitely have to keep where it is. One of them you'll have to keep where it is. Yeah, but you've only got three. Uh, yeah, 3d6 for each. But there's none of this 4d6 drop the lowest nonsense. It's, uh, it's straight up 3d6, mate. So, uh, roll your bows. Tell us what you get.
0: Cool. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean... All that kind of forty six and keep the lowest. That's for small girls who are frightened of living cupboards. I, I am average, I'm living in, I'm living in fear actually because I'm about to roll some UK role players branded dice and they're notoriously poor. No. word. So, so who knows what will happen? Okay, entirely average. I've got strength eleven at the minute. Okay. Uh, I have got a dex of ten and I've got a mm-hmm. willpower of
1: <laughs> nine. I'm glad I don't have to keep rolling. Oh. Okay. Right. Well, there you go. UK Roleplayers Dice have not exactly excelled themselves by giving you much to go on. <laughs> not really. <laughs> There's no great swings of what I might want to do with that. All right. Well, ten is average. So you've got you've got exactly that, I suppose. If you add them all up, much. Uh, I, I've got to ask you the question: if you want to swap any two of those, um, I, th- I think for our first walkthrough, I've just gonna, I'll stick with what I've got and see what happens. Okay, so what do you think about three attributes? Every game's got them to a degree, hasn't it? Some of them have got 15. Classic games have six. This one's got three. How's that strike you straight away? I think it's okay. Um,
0: one of the things I find a little bit odd, arguably, is that you've got strength and decks, which are kind of your physical attributes, and then willpower is more mental. Um, mm. It doesn't look like there's anything to do with charisma or do you know anything like if you look at unknown armies for example there's sort of mind body and soul and Mm -hmm. um world of darkness has it set up in that sort of way with three sort of distinct categories as well so that kind of charm and charisma and things like that intellectual pursuits and then physical activities tend to be broken up into three things and this just seems to have emphasis on the physical and then your other stuff so i would expect this sort of game to be about doing physical actiony type
1: stuff i think that's probably fair and it's a bit of an old-school classic to is to let the players be the charisma stat, even though original D&D's got a charisma stat and it started that whole bunch of stuff. There's never really been social mechanics in, in the traditional old-school games. And that's either a nod to that, or it's just got its own agenda, I suppose, which is that, yeah, physical activity might be the the, uh, the core activity in the game. Mm. So I guess we'll see. Okay, mate, next thing to do is throw hit points, so another call back to the old days, so you get a straight D6 of hit points, and um, you're not getting offered any chances for rerolls or swaps here either. Apparently, straight up D6. Uh, mirroring my stats, I've got a slightly less than average three for my hit points. <laughs> okay. Well, you'll be glad to hear that's all the dice rolling there's going to be, and that's largely your character done. I was um, getting RSL, well, so yeah. I'm glad we uh, <laughs> finished that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where it gets interesting. I think it does we now flip over the sheet and what we've got on page 5 of the rulebook is, is a giant table it takes up a whole page and this gives you the rest of your character it's largely an equipment list or an equipment package so you're not rolling for gold pieces and picking from equipment lists or anything else like that you simply compare your highest stat down the left hand side of the chart to your hit points which is going to be clearly between 1 and 6 across the top and that gives you your columns you cross reference that gives you a starter package so if you've got an 11 I think as your highest stat and 3 hit points uh, can you see what you've got
0: yeah so uh, I've got a musket which has got a D8 next to it, I'm presuming that's damage Uh, a mallet because you know you only get one shot off don't you, they need to go hand to hand Uh, (laughs) some marbles (laughs) glad to know I haven't lost them just yet Uh, a fancy hat which any dapper adventurer definitely needs um, and
1: interestingly Arcanum whatever that is mm. yeah okay so that that gives us something to go on straight away so now we've got some setting information I think so mm. the fact you've got a musket that's a little bit different I think to many games out there so there's obviously a bit of gunpowder technology um, mallet and marble as well wow who knows because uh, I keep getting an impression of like, Alice in Wonderland off of that a fancy hat and a mallet I keep thinking <laughs> croquet but that, that can't be right well, um, and I know that Arcanum uh, sorry I know that Arcanum reading forward is, is some magic doodads so that'll be another bit of interest I think lovely I'm hoping with my mallet
0: that some other people in the party would have I don't know a tent with tent pegs or uh, maybe some climbing spikes and between us if we got six of us together we'd have enough range of equipment to do cool
1: stuff Oh Maybe. yeah, you see, I'm thinking it's got like a three foot handle on it, like a croquet mallet. It could be like you're that. Thinking knows. Tent pegs. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's interesting. So that's your entire character. So, uh, and again, this doesn't have a character sheet in it, which is unusual for games. So, what you could get that on a post it note, yeah. probably an index card. Um, start sketching up some stuff. I don't know how much stuff you've got to write down later on, but. You're pretty much ready to rumble at that point No, you don't know the rules or anything But that's your character done Um, And we had a bit of a chat about it while we were going through it But that's a five minute job at most isn't it Yeah it does say I can have a companion here If there's a small player group So can I just quickly roll up a companion Well if, if you were GMing me What would you say I would say no, but it's <laughs> <laughs> that's not what yeah, exact what we are. I'm
0: going to I'm going to ignore your Viking hat ways and just roll some dice anyway, see how you like it. <laughs> and I'm already jealous of my companion because he's got 15 strength. Wow! So why is hanging? Oh my god, 15 decks. Yeah. Why this guy's my companion, not the other way around? I don't know, but there we are. Um, Nine no,
1: willpower, and he's got one hit point in a sword okay are you immediately thinking because i think this is kind of trained into us as gamers like, oh no i've got bad stats for my first character my hiring's better i wish i could swap it uh, do you feel that urge to do that or are you thinking no i'll just roll with what i've got and be a role player what do you think uh, i
0: think where where i'm at is i was just disappointed that i rolled average if you know what i mean for my character if i rolled really mm-hmm. terribly or really well or there was like a a variance. I'd probably be a lot happier about it because it would seem more interesting. Rolling entirely averagely just feels a little bit dull. It might not be if we mm. get into the game, but um,
1: I don't know. You're sort of disappointed when you get vanilla, right? you? You want something different to talk yeah. about, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And and if it were based on D and D with modifiers, because stats don't really mean much, they would actually all be treated as identical. A nine, ten, and eleven, there's no difference at all. Right. Um, and it, and it's plus zero as a modifier. So arguably why bother even having the stats at that point. Yeah. So I know that the rules for the game do make allowances for that. It's not completely old school, so we'll see as we go, but you've you've now got a companion who is strong and dexterous, did you say? Oh yeah. 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 What was his willpower like or her willpower like? Nine, the same as mine. Some assuming
0: we're of um we're of a similar sort of um level, if you know. What I mean, we're getting well because we've got similar sort of personalities. Mm for example maybe just that they're just a better fighter than I am they've turned up with a sword mm-hmm. uh, and they're one hit point so <laughs> yeah uh, I'm not sure how that, well that'll do them, but it does feel to me like I've got a kind of bodyguard or something or someone to watch over me mm-hmm. or you know maybe
1: I do the talking and then there's someone lurks in the background to handle the rough stuff sure it's um it do- It doesn't say, so I think we've got to make a house rule straight away that it doesn't say whether your companion gets to look at the starter package table. I know it's given a sword and a hit point, but it's got stats and a hit point, which might suggest that it gets to the starter package of equipment. I would think not to be honest,
0: no I because you get as a well. starter package and then companions come down later, and it just says you yeah. get one hit point and a sword, and that's it, so I'm guessing that's that's your lot, I would think.
1: And you probably bought the sword for him anyway. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. So um, we've got a tiny little bit of setting material just in your equipment package there. And um, I, I, what I do whenever I look at games that have got either big lists or tables is I don't really read them. If it's something I've got a roll on or something that's going to come up in the game, I don't really pay any attention to it until it's live, if that makes sense. So i'm pretty sure i'm missing out on loads of cool stuff in the game by by only looking at the thing you just rolled hmm. so sort of scanning the eyes would you do that would you go through the shopping list that game provides you or or every entry in the table just sort of skim it uh i think your eyes are just drawn to bits and
0: pieces aren't you, you can't but help once you've rolled on that table or you've you've got your equipment from that table but have a quick scan about to see whether if you've got a good one or not (laughs) you know you immediately Mm, want to know well musket sounds pretty good but if other people get machine guns then I'm going to feel a bit disappointed (laughs) so you kind of want to have a bit of a check (laughs) just to make sure that what you've got seems good I mean Arcanum seems good if that's a magic doodad I'm happy with that yeah Um, Yeah. and I'm also interested although I'm not going to pay spend too much time looking into it as to whether if you've only got one hit point you get better kit than if you've got six hit points because you've sort of been done over a little bit so it would seem It'd be interesting if that was baked into the table so that if you were a little bit worse off starting character, you got better equipment to start with.
1: Well, yeah, that's a really good point. And and just scanning it out, I can immediately see that if you've got your best stat at 18, you get some kind of disability. And if your best stat is between 3 and 9, which is pretty low, you get the equivalent of a magical ability, which might be um, telepathy even for one of them whereas down the other end of the scale it's um disfigured (laughs) so (laughs) you're right mate and well spotted mr gamesman there does appear to be a little bit of balancing just in that bit okay so that's really interesting right so let's move on to the next bit then so if i were going to play a con game with you um i reckon i could probably have you roll up a character and actually get on with it despite everything we ever say that doesn't seem to be too onerous and you know you're away um the rules for playing the game are completely contained on page seven. Not this. <laughs> Just before we move on to page seven,
0: um, yes. one of the things I find interesting is that um, on the your character page, page four, you've got a bunch mm. of equipment there uh, with little descriptions for it. Presumably, so you can look up the stuff that you've got. Yeah. When you've rolled, but it also has a cost associated with it, so that it knows how much you know how much it is to buy. Although you don't get any money to start mm. with. But I'm assuming that's also like this is your equipment rather than have a separate this is your character page and then equipment that comes later on, it's just all here for later on when you want to when you do have some money you want to buy something. But it does feel a little bit like I should get some starting money based on my historical you know, baggage I brought from yeah, other yeah. games that if you've got made your character and here's an equipment list with loads of costs, I expect to get fifty starting gold or something that I can now spend it on this mm. stuff. But I don't think that's how it works.
1: I think that's a fair shout, that's exactly what it looked like to me as well um, and and it does give you some basics, uh, you get uh, lanterns, climbing mapping, camping equipment, rations that kind of stuff, all the stuff that you wouldn't normally bother asking anyone to write on a character sheet anyway but then you write it straight into an equipment, uh, an equipment list that includes stuff like heavy gun and smoke bomb um, and luxuries like uh, ornaments or a thermometer so that little equipment list and it is little yeah that's immediately telling you something about the game but there doesn't seem to be a way to access it as a starting character strange place to put maybe that kind of equipment list because i don't think you do get some of it but then part of osr is immediately the group is going to be making up house rules i I wouldn't do that till i would played the game rules as written yeah but i can see that being an an easy and obvious one um and it's got hirelings on there as well, hasn't it? Yeah. So, you know, that's that's obviously a thing in the game. And you've got a companion. Um but I think there's I think one of the things we're gonna find as we go through this is gonna be massive gaps where our our trad experience or even our indie experience will be looking to fill it in with just our knowledge and we have to decide whether we like that experience or we feel cut adrift by it, I suppose. Yeah, okay. Alright, so um rules of the game. Um so not the sort of game that's going to need a screen (laughs) (laughs) Um, not much to look at Uh, there's a weird thing in the game or an unusual thing I should say when you're making rolls you are only rolling what you would traditionally call a saving throw which means that the players roll the dice when they're trying to avoid something bad happening so just let that sink in for a minute there's no skills list those attributes that you rolled you never roll on proactively you only ever react to stuff with what you've got so you would either be making a strength save a deck save or a will save in response to external pressure rather than if for example the classic example of play is you know the character shoulders open a dungeon door there is no strength role for that There's another roll called a luck roll which is just a d6 and you have to just uh, GM hand wave exactly what that means with six favouring the player and one not favouring the player but it really does, it's not immediately obvious but there are no um, perception checks, strength rolls and actually as you read through it you realise there's no attack rolls either so you don't even roll to hit. So when you're not saving um, on your dice rolls and maybe you're in a combat you don't roll to hit you simply roll damage and take that off the opponent's hit points so the assumption is that you always do something deleterious to your enemy hit points don't represent meat necessarily they will be luck, morale, skill all of that kind of thing but you will be chipping away at them with your weapons and there's no misses that are dictated by the dice I guess that's something that just has to be narrated by the group if you roll particularly low or even if you roll high so that's interesting. So you're not—I don't think you're going to be rolling dice very often, guys. Is that good news or bad?
0: Um A bit of both. I don't know. I'd be curious to see how that that actually turns up in play. If you're only ever rolling to stop bad things happening to you, it sounds like a little bit of a a dreary sort of experience. If you know what I mean. I'm sure it's not when you play because you automatically get to do stuff. But it'll be interesting to see if. I get as much joy out of just automatically winning of certain things rather than not. If you know what I mean, the yeah. sort of experience I can draw on is um, in Godlike, one of the sort of stock characters you get as um, death gaze, and they get four hard dice in that, which in that game means uh, you basically kill people, unless they've got some superpower as well. When you look at them, they die, uh, and you know yeah. I know our char- uh, one of our mates, Jules, played, played that character for a little while, and he loved it for the first sort of twenty minutes and then get really bored of killing people because you, know, you don't roll dice for it and it just happens and it didn't feel like much mm-hmm. of a game for him at that point so I do wonder mm-hmm. if that sort of thing might happen a little bit um, on the more positive side though uh, I am a fan of trying not to roll dice just for the sake of it which is something I fall into whenever I play traditional games I can't help myself asking for a perception check or something like that and then you know the answer is when they fail nothing happens which feels a little bit like well why are we rolling mm-hmm. dice then? Um, so at least it, the good point is that it cuts all that out. So you're not going to be rolling any nonsense just for the sake of it. You know, you, you'll just automatically get the clues you need or um, the, the sort of engagement with the story, regardless of what your dice roll say. He doesn't care about library use or anything like that. You know, you will get the things you need to carry on with the
1: story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in in omitting that kind of check, it's uh, in two sentences done what the Gumshoe game took an entire system to do. Which is kind of clever in itself. Um, I, I, yeah, but perception's a really good example, mate. I ask for perception checks. Who doesn't ask for perception checks? And, and often you might even have a perception stat or something like it. But in this game, you wouldn't do that. I think what you would do instead is you would ask for a will save to avoid an ambush. Mm. So if you can always couch as the GM your terms in make this roll to avoid, dot, dot, dot that kind of brings a bit more drama to the dice roll immediately, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Because then you don't you don't fail at something you're trying to do, which has no effect at all. If you fail at avoiding something, something really bad happens. And if you do avoid it, that doesn't mean you've got away from it completely. Yeah, just an interesting way of turning it on its head, perhaps.
0: Yeah, I like the, um, the Arcanum example I'm just looking at there. Saying when you use it in its normal action, then you can do so without risk of failure, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you try and do it something unusual, then you require a will save to bend it to your will.
1: Yeah. So I like the idea yeah, nice. behind that.
0: That it's sort of that you know if you want, yeah, I think we've just discussed it. I'm probably repeating ourselves, but if you want to do the thing it should do anyway, don't bother. Like you don't make people make 17 climb rolls to get up a mountain. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. That's fine. However, if it's a howling gale yes. and you're clinging onto the mountain in ice and snow and you've got a broken arm, then you need to make a roll. Kind of thing. It's that kind of feel to it mm-hmm. like anything else just yeah you've done it don't worry about it it's the risky stuff that you need to start rolling dice for and we'll get an exciting outcome
1: yeah and it doesn't say any of that in, in on this page does it it doesn't actually call that out as like when to roll the dice and when not to roll the dice it just says what the rule is and the rest of it is inferred by us having fairly experienced eyes and reading it yeah um, I'd be really interested to see what someone who'd never roleplayed before made of this game. Mm. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But it'd be would re- be really, really interested to see if they knew what to do with these 20-sided dice. Um, what do you think of the combat system, mate? Which is two sentences long. Um, <laughs> which is, when you when you attack, uh, you, you roll the dice dictated by your weapon, subtract that from the opponent's armor score from that. So armor reduces damage. Uh, and whatever's left... Um, goes through to your hit points uh they've got a, a couple of extra rules in there which is stuff can be impaired which is where you're like firing through cover or firing while while grapple that kind of thing in which case you only roll a d4 or you might be enhanced by some kind of risky stunt or a helpless target something like that and then you would roll a d12 but you are basically rolling dice you're taking it off hit points and when your target's got no hit points left they're wounded everything else goes off their strength score and it becomes a strength save to avoid uh, basically passing out. And that's the entire combat section. Uh, How does that sound to you? Terrifying. Mm. I'm just looking at my
0: three hit points and the fact my musket does a D8 damage. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I'm thinking I probably don't want to get in a fight. And As for my companion, he's only got one hit point.
1: It doesn't really matter what shape Mm. guys people are rolling. He's out of the faction straight away, isn't he? If someone targets him. Well no, 'cause it, it the rest of the damage comes off of his strength. And then he has to make a strength save. So he's got strength fifteen, mate. He's in a better shape than you are. <laughs> just about. <laughs> yeah, but he's So if I do like four damage to him. Yeah, but making him strength save straight away, won't Yeah, well he makes you make it straight away. He's yeah. not a classic D D
0: where you're a wizard with one hit point and you get hit by a dagger and that's it, you're dead. So there is that element to hmm. it, but Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it's it's just pairing down the old system anyway. Like if you have to roll to mm. hit and then roll damage, it's just another set of randomness around basically taking hit points off a title isn't it? So it's not any more different. Yes. To that, to yeah, yeah. Um, but the, you've got that kind of um, the bit I like about it is it's not kind of you just take damage indefinitely, and then eventually you go mm. to zero and you fall over. It's got more of a, an attrition feel to it in terms. You have to keep making those strength checks before you eventually go over. So there's there's a chance yes. you'll carry on fighting or you know every time you have to make that strength check you're gonna be thinking please stay in the fight, especially if you're outnumbered or something like that. You don't want one of your men to go down, do mm. you? So um it's interesting. I'll have to see how it works in play obviously.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh and and death wise, um I don't think it's that that deadly a game because you, you don't die by failing your strength check. Um it just means you can't take any further action until you have a short rest and get tended. Uh, but if you're untended for an hour, you die. Now, uh, clearly, you know if you jump off hundred-foot cliff, we're not rolling dice at that mm. stage. We're just saying game over, aren't we? But there's, you know, that's that's easier on the characters than most OSR games and even modern games at first level. If we're if we're picking D and D as an example, you know, you don't instantly die. And I note that short rests is a few minutes, swig of water, and you get back all of your lost hit points, although not your strength points. Mm. So there's a there's a wound system built into it there, which is I, I know you're not a fan of people using the word elegant, but I think that one probably applies <laughs> at that point. I'm not a fan of people using it
0: elegant inappropriately. Um, but this, <laughs> this feels more like a, a good use case for it. Uh, okay. yeah, and so to get your strength back
1: Oh it says yeah, if your strength reduced to zero, you're dead. Yes, oh. if your strength goes down to nothing, you're absolutely done for. Yeah, you get your strength back by a full rest, which is a week of rest and relaxation at a comfortable location. That's a week, by the way, and you get back all your ability scores and it'll cure your other ailments. So you can't just go dungeoneering and camping every after every encounter. Yeah, um, there's definitely a death spiral, isn't there?
0: Yeah, and there's the, some the certain element to that of uh, if you keep making your strength still, strength save, you can stay in the fight but mm. you're getting more and more close to actually. you might actually die if you carry on fighting you might want to back off and that sort of thing so there's, there's an element of that kind of mechanic to it um, and yeah I like the idea of avoiding the, the healing surge problem, something that one or two people have mentioned recently actually is the fact that um, they have trouble pacing D&D games because the party always goes down in a dungeon and then after a mm. fight they find a dead end corridor and I'll camp there for a bit and get all the surges back and hit yep. points, carry on a few hours later yep. which shouldn't, well doesn't really make sense does it
1: no in in terms of narrative it's it's been an issue for a while yeah it (laughs) makes sense two words wandering monsters (laughs) no i I get it this this makes sense to me so far okay right interesting so then we're straight into character advancement which is a bit early because we haven't even got your arcanum sorted out yet maybe there's a magic section to come (laughs) because i'm kind of waiting for that one um but Advancement is handled in a similar way to the rest of the game, which is you do have experience levels uh, from novice through to expert through to master and beyond, but it comes down to how many expeditions you've done. And I find that a really interesting use of terminology. So it's not how many adventures you do or dungeons you do or even scenarios, which are all kind of game jargon at this point. He's deliberately chosen the word expedition. And that, that that's another bit of setting which is implied through tone mm. I find that interesting yeah,
0: yeah I've got a sort of Victorian feel to it again now with um, mm. I'm going to go and find
1: the lost plateau or something and that's an expedition that you set out on yeah yeah and every time you level up you get more hit points which is good news and you roll a d20 for each of your ability scores and if you roll higher than your current score it goes up by one which is a nice simple mechanic that's a bit of a callback to the old BRP skill increases yeah. Um yeah, that works for me. I quite like that. So you know, clearly you could go up to twenty. So there's there's even stretches outside of the three to eighteen zone. Yeah. So interesting. Okay, right. Um, and then the last bit before we get into the into the Arcana or Arcana is uh, I think this is kind of an interesting little insertion into into the rules because I would imagine the game wouldn't suffer at all from it not being there. So the fact that it is intrigues me which is the Enterprise and War chapter. I call it a chapter. It's half a page, <laughs> uh, as, as most of these things are, which is about um, organisations or mass combat, military forces, or even just running a business. It's basically factions rules, and they're inserted really early on in this game. So that's got to tell us something, hasn't it? You, you, would you expect that in any kind of game? Um, Supplement material normally.
0: Maybe. Uh, there is you know, the one-roll engine stuff, they've got their, their company rules, that sort of thing. Blades in the Dark's got you part of a gang. Uh, the Apocalypse World-type games tend to have biker gangs or something else like that in it. I think more and more it's becoming a thing. I mean, even back to mm-hmm. back into the, the world of darkness kind of games, then having cultures or bigger things was probably something that you got in your, your splat books and, and that sort of thing. But I think mm-hmm. there, is, there is some um, scope for it. I think you're right in terms of what the text is telling us, um, implicitly rather than explicitly, is that I should be part of a gang, or you know, yeah. an army, or something. There should definitely be some kind of faction that I'm, I've got some interest in, at least. Otherwise, why would it be here mm-hmm. right next to you know the other stuff that we've just done?
1: Yeah, th- this seems to be the bit you do in between expeditions, um, which is cool. It's nice to have something like that. Mm. Um, and it's got a couple of sample leaders in there. It sprinkles samples all through this, actually, doesn't it? And the the sample leaders they've got is Urine Spinner, leader of the Black Star Group, and that really is pretty much all you know. Uh, and that's but that's enough to get my imagination firing. Um, and then there's Queen Essa the Ninth, a deposed aristocrat, which again does the same thing. There's a couple of little words in there. I won't spoil it. You know, get the books yourselves. But the, these characters are, again, index card, no more than that. Couple of numbers, but mostly cool words, and they look really good. I'd want to use them straight away. Yeah. And if you used them and I used them in different games, they would be completely different people. So you're not, you haven't got the Pathfinder two pages of stats and background and stuff that's never going to come out. It's enough to run with, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that there is an element of that OSR kind of you've got to make some of it up yourself. Just looking at there's like a recruitment cost to get a detachment or an enterprise. And then you've got to pay the upkeep every month; otherwise, they revolt. you like, okay, what, what does that mean? <laughs> do they, do yeah, they try and kill yeah, you? Yeah. Do they just all walk after they? You know the, There's. I like the idea that something happens, but that, that's as far as the rule book's going to guide you on that. one it's up to you as a player group to work out what goes on.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's play to find out. I think they call it in modern parlance, something like that. Anyway, right. So, uh, right. Good news, I think. Um, we're going to Arcana, Yay. which I have a feeling is is well. Well, I guess we should start. We haven't mentioned the internal art, but each of these chapters has got a full page of art, and it's it's weird stuff, isn't it? it and is. Arcana's got <laughs> it's got someone sitting in a chair in like a library, looks like the sort of gentleman's club kind of library thing. Books on shelves. There's a skull. There's there's an electric lamp with a lampshade. Could be gas, but anyway. The fellow sitting in the chair is um, stark naked, covered in tentacle marks, and has a globe for a head. Clearly, what, what else would you have at the start of an arcana chapter? Um, <laughs> I, I think I like it. I don't know. <laughs> it's not helping. Yeah, um, it definitely feels odd.
0: I'll give him that. If, if they want something odd, then that is definitely odd. Uh, and the play in the game mm-hmm. chapter, it's got more of a... Um, First, it looks sort of like a man that was made out of glowing white light, perhaps, or something like that, in this night scene. And you kind ca- you kind of yeah. have to interrogate the picture a bit with your eyes to notice there's an overturned boat with a couple of people hover, like behind it, and then that yeah. that figure you thought was a man's probably a giant or something. So um, it, yes, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's interesting. It does feel um, without wanting to be unkind,
1: it does feel fan made. If you know what I mean, I think that's fair. I think I think the whole game's fan made. Yeah. and and that I don't think you mean that as a slight, and and I wouldn't see it as one either because it's a it's a reaction to the maybe overproduced stuff that you see from the maybe major publishing houses this was this was clearly done on a word processor as a bit of a labor of love and i think that shows yeah uh that's fine so the,
0: this arcana piece for example the perspectives off on it yeah and if this was like one of your world of, not World of darkness um like your D books or sort of like the new high gloss big company productions you think well that's a bit rubbish you know you could hire a better artist or something mm-hmm. like that but in a game called into the Odd, and the perspective is all a bit weird enough it, it sort
1: of fits in with the feel probably okay right well cool i mean that's always going to be subjective i guess but have a look at it yourself see what you think um right we're into arcana which is which is quite meaty by the standard set so far because we've got three pages of what looks like lists of magic gubbins um, and they're they're clearly set into sort of three tiers, uh, which are marked powers you can you cannot understand, which is one of the ones you'll be getting, uh, powers you can barely control, and powers you shouldn't control, which is a a, a nice way of differentiating <laughs> yeah. between like levels one, two, and three. I, I think that's kind of cool. So, Arcana um, appear to be a mixture of items. Well, they are kind of items, but they're really not the sort of items you'd expect i can't see wands and potions and stuff like that in here this all looks like each one is going to be something really interesting to write on a sheet so there's 20 in each of these three lists and your starting package means that it comes from the first list and it says that if you are open about your arcana that you carry you will find yourself the target of collectors, thieves and con artists. So, it looks like we've got a scenario hook just because you've got one of these bits of kit, guys. So yeah, absolutely. Prepare yourself, mate, and uh roll your d20. I have got a heat ray.
0: Oh. Which does a d8 damage ignoring armour. Okay. And that's all it says. And that's it, yeah. Um. Oh. So... And there's no guidance on what you should do about that, is there? In terms of, what does it look like or anything like that? So, I guess that's all up to me to come up with.
1: Yeah, I guess so. That feels. I mean, uh, having scanned the list because you can't help but do that. I'd be. Uh, I'd be if no one was watching. I'd roll the dice again. <laughs> but that's because I know I've got you've got a musket and I'd want to read something that was a bit more out there. And that, don't get me wrong, a heat ray is pretty out there, depending on how you want to describe it and the rest of it. Um, but it's basically, uh, I'm going to be a bit gamey here, it's exactly the same stats as your musket, yeah. except it ignores armour. So, <laughs> well, let's just say, in another
0: dimension, um, I would have yeah. a bone magnet, my dice tells me. Which may attract or repel a single target that has a skeleton until they pass a will save, which I really like. That's, that's much more really, interesting. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a, a target that has a skeleton. Yeah, that's cool. So that's like a, a especially a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I think we could go quite a fantasy with this. That's awesome. Not that it has to be. That's a really a good. human
0: or an orc, or for some reason, there's sometimes with demi humans, it doesn't affect for reasons it's just a really yeah. specific kind of like if it's got a skeleton you can do something with it I like and it's a tractor oh. repel so I think that's mm. in that kind of if if it's OSR and you're going to make some of your own stuff up yourself I like the fact that it's giving you options there rather than just being mm. a for example turn undead or that sort of thing it's giving you the you could use it multiple different ways to give you a bit more
1: leeway in how you bring it into the game which I like yeah absolutely and, and you're right, I hadn't quite noticed that, but just scanning some of the Arcana, and these are the, like the lowest of the three levels, they do look kind of like a similar effect to what you would get from a first-level magic user spell list, but written in such a way that it feels like an item that could be stolen from you or looks a certain way or whatever. And um, it's not had to do a, a magic chapter to get away with this. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about Bone Magnet, right, straight away, thinking would you call uh insects would they have skeletons they've got exoskeletons haven't they does that count i would say no but then i mean right cool (laughs) okay because if it if it did count i would want to use my bone magnet when walking through a swamp to keep the keep the flies and insects and midges off me and while everyone else is getting devoured and that's like a cool little color scene yeah Or, or equally you know
0: Birds have skeletons, and it says attract. It doesn't say drawn towards. you, because it, it attract lots of, ah. you know, insect-eating birds that are around to come and fly around. You, so they swallow up the gnats and things,
1: or something yeah, of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think after a while, your character might be sort of like you know terrified of octopi, <laughs> which is which is a really cool disadvantage. And and any GM is going to start s- sicking the cephalopods That's on you it. straight away. Never eat squid at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, cool. So you've got yourself a cool item, um, and that's the that's the last thing that you would you would add to your character sheet, I guess. Um, and then they're, they're all like that, aren't they? And then the next two sheets. So you've got Greater Arcana after that. How you get these, I guess, you must get by going on expeditions or by taking out of, off of other people. Mm. So that that might be rewards, but it might also be the scenario driver as well because having a quick scan there's no d20 to roll on there but it looks like there's 20 of them uh, it just doesn't put the numbers in they do seem to be another step up in in weirdness so i'll I'll grab one as an example guys maybe you could do the same for for our listeners so um okay right what we've got here i'll just pick uh, a, a blood scroll so your target must pass a will save or have their blood turned to acid they take D6 damage, ignoring armor each round until they pass the save. That's kind of nasty, isn't it? That's that got to be not insta-death, but close enough. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't say the scroll disappears or anything else like that. It doesn't even say like it didn't with your bone magnet. It doesn't tell you what it looks like. That's up to you entirely, isn't it? A blood scroll could look like all kinds of different things, couldn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is quite worrying. Could be made out of blood. <laughs> yeah quite easily the there's also I assume, like a primal flute all within 15 feet of a point pass a will save or turn feral they do nothing but attack the nearest living thing until they pass a will
1: save on their turn wow, turn feral now there's a game effect you don't see normally without a whole bunch of caveats and descriptors and rules behind it to tell you exactly what that means yes. but in this game it's you know what it means, of course you do that they turn feral and do with that what you will exactly that's pretty good it does I feel like when the uh, the, th- the thief or the whoever the collector
0: who's coming to take your uh, heat ray off you you can play a primal flute and mm-hmm. turn the, the pub into this suddenly ravening mess of rage zombies to give you a chance to get out the back door yeah. and
1: that sort of thing yeah yeah and I'm thinking if you really wanted a primal flute it'd be kind of hard to get it off the person if they knew you were coming (laughs) especially if they were doing jazz solos as you came into their dungeon Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) okay cool and then the last ones then are the legendary arcana well known relics subjects of mythology Um, these are they reckon lost in a hostile environment controlled by a godlike entity or guarded by hellish death traps so these are super powerful as they are objects of great lust. So, again, I've not read this page before, but it looks like it's got 20 stuff, twenty things on it. So they are all things, aren't they? They're all objects. Magic items, I suppose, yeah. that, that replicate a magic list. Uh, I'll pick one almost at random. Black Hole Collider. <laughs> I had to look to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, did yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. It, it draws the eye, doesn't it? Much like a black yeah. hole would. Um, creates a five-foot black sphere anything entering it is utterly destroyed cannot be moved or placed on top of an object or opponent so it sounds super cool total doomsday weapon and the scenario, the expedition's got to be about having the right kind of kit to move it yeah. more than what you're going to do with it because that seems to be the, the puzzle to be solved and that's, that's generating an adventure in my head in two seconds that's cool
0: and it also feels like a nod to a sphere of annihilation in a uh, team of horrors or something like that. Totally.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Um, okay, anything catch your eye? Uh, da, 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 da. Let's have a look. Dead Oak, sounds interesting, I don't know what it does. Uh, creates a permanent one-mile zone where any living thing loses D6 strength each hour starting at the end of this hour. Living things within this zone are instantly aware of this and try to leave. Even plants wither and die in this time
1: <laughs> okay. So,
0: <laughs> I, yeah. Well, if, if you didn't know that thing existed, sorry, spoiler alert. Should have said <laughs> for explain it. But th- yeah. this feels like something that you would give your baddie NPC. So the characters mm. get involved in a, some kind of plot because there's just villages turning to ash and everything's destroyed, and there's nothing for a mile around it, and you can't work out why. Uh, and there'd be some evil man going around doing this kind of dead oak thing. And then looting the villages, mm. or something of that nature, maybe I don't know. But it feels like something that um, would produce an effect that then the party investigate,
1: to so they try and work out what yeah. it is that's going wrong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and it's got my mind spinning again because I'd, if a player had this um, on their character sheet, um, or they encountered it, if I was running the game and I'd, I'd put it in the scenario. I don't think I'd want to write down what it looked like. I think my first question back to the player would be, you tell me, what does it look Mm. like? And I'd be really interested in the answer when it comes to a description of dead oak. Because maybe it is the size of a fully grown oak tree, but lightning blasted. Or maybe it's something completely different. Maybe it's a book with that as the title. Um, If it is a tree, I'm immediately thinking, what can we do with its acorns? Because that sounds like fun to be had. Um, And you just without without this this work giving us all the backstory, I think two groups would have very different takes on it straight away, yeah. just from a single piece of kit so I think that's the bit that your character sheet that you've got so far guys, that's it, that's all you're going to get but the rest of it must be bubbling around in your brain mm. so I think during the game you've got to have, as a player, you've got to have that ability to to be liberated by a lack of information and and feel free to to start speaking without without fear of contradiction. It's got to be that kind of group, I think, when you've got kind of loosey-goosey stuff like this.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, it definitely feels like a game where you need to have, you need to know what a role-playing game is, don't you? And have some idea of how you play, <laughs> probably. Although, yeah. moving on next, we'll be examples of play, so that might tell up a little bit more. Um, mm. But yeah, you definitely want, it almost feels like it just needs a one-sided or maybe there is something somewhere we've just not got to it that sort of says about creating things or whatever, like uh, there's a run in the game bit for referees later on, maybe that's got something, but it just feels like a little bit like what do you do about those questions you've got and who's got, can anybody yeah. make details up and I'll be comfortable with that and what sort of details uh, a little bit, because there's stuff in there like an equipment list and things like that, I kind of want to know what the world's like or what we're doing and mm-hmm. if it's something mm-hmm. that you make up yourselves as a group of people around a table I sort of want there to be a, a page somewhere that tells me that that, like, look, we're not going to provide you with loads of extra stuff. We're just going to fire your imagination. How all this looks and fits together is up to you. And maybe that comes a little bit later in the book. I don't know.
1: Yeah. But if it does come later, would you immediately be saying to yourself that it's come too late? It should have been earlier, if we assume it's there at all? Uh, would you have liked it by now? Uh, potentially. But,
0: yeah, I think I'm just used to having something else first. Like you said, like, you know, with, like an archetype of characters or what's going on. But I think it's fine if we're viewing this as, like we've said, it's only thirty-four pages or whatever it is. Um, if that's if this up to the example plays the players' chapter, I think that's fine. Uh, mm. And then if there is a bit more to it in terms of looking at monsters and encounters and adventures and things later on that give the GM an idea of what it's all about, he can present that to his players, and all they need to mm. pay, read is the first sort of like ten pages or whatever it is. So if you look at it as a, a player's guide, and we don't really know, need to know too much about that as a player right now, then I think that's fine.
1: Yeah. Okay, right, cool. So, as you alluded to, next up is an example of play, which is the single longest section in the book so far. It's it's three pages long. Massive. (laughs) Yeah, it's huge. Four pages. It is, actually, yeah. Uh, Crazy. I've read it all. It's interesting. It's really good. And it it is exactly that. It is an example of play. I think it's written reasonably well. Most, not most, some examples of play make you cringe, don't they? Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's always somebody jumping over a ditch and people grin when they pick up the dice. Um, oh, DMs dust. I mean, cackle evilly. Oh, yeah, well, it's just, it it seems really contrived, usually. This one, I think, is pretty good and it does give you a decent sense of what's going on. It's a dungeoneering scenario. It's uh, I, I won't spoil it because it's a good little story to read as well. It reads pretty well. It gives you a sense of what the mechanics should be as and when it goes and you do notice that the players aren't rolling proactively they're rolling reactively that's where I first noticed it actually, I glossed over it when I read the rest Mm. of the book Um, and it's it's nicely deadly, so the baddies in it are unique and creepy and weird and the player's best reaction is not necessarily to face up to it and I think that's because they know that the enemy won't be rolling misses on D20s against armor class (laughs) you're always going to be yeah, and in in return you know that it's gonna get worse the longer you stay in a fight for both parties so i think i think it does a good job um it needed to i think it was the right time to see an example as you just said guys because up till then i wasn't lost but i was wondering how far i could go with what i got and this helps yeah me.
0: yeah i think just scanning the first page the only thing that really sort of strikes me is that it's not it's not really evocative from the referee point of view in terms of what you say. It's pretty matter-of-fact. I don't know if that's a, a fairly yeah. obvious hard thing anyway, that you just want, as a as players, you're more of your 10-foot pole, listening-at-doors type activities. You kind of just want the facts about what's happening rather than any kind of florid description. Or I suppose the other thing is, there seems to be a little bit of, uh, you might be able to do this, and you possibly could do that, and you should be able to get through that door if you try and things and, and so it it's almost like there's not any definites. Now I don't know whether that's mm-hmm. part of the setting that you're supposed to be creating some mystery or that you kind of you can try this, we don't know what'll happen, or if you try that, you're gonna need to make a save. Or whether it's mm-hmm. just the way it's written in terms of uh, the the gym who would run this or if it's an example of real player, for example, they're just not very straight with their their answers, if you know what I mean. There's something where mm-hmm. you don't have to roll dice certainly those bits. It's like you know, uh, one of the first lines is you know somebody wants to chop through a door and it's like, well, you make a lot of noise, but your axe should be able to get through it. Well, why is it should if we're not rolling dice for it? Do do I get through with my axe or not? You know, it's it's that kind of thing. So that might just be the style. It's not like a massive criticism or anything. It's just something I noted. I think I'd like to see, I don't know, add the more active language, more yeah, this is definitely happening, and we move on to the next bit, or perhaps a bit more description Mm -hmm. around things so that I get a better feel for the world, but. I don't know. If, if this is for people who've never role before or got a light touch to it and just want to see an example of how to play a game I think it's perfectly fine it's great
1: yeah okay cool so immediately following that uh, we're into what I guess you could call the GM section um, so it's running the game single page about how to referee so you're called a referee actually we've been saying GM as a generic term all the way through this, this is the first time you find out that you're called a referee in this game and um, and it it doesn't bang on but it does say you know give information present choices show consequences and, and basically you've read it because i've read it out to you now yeah uh, none of that's none of that's bad advice that's all good advice and and i suspect it will be glossed over like people do with these sections and they shouldn't they should read it because this is the fellow who wrote it this is the way he suggests you run it and it might solve some problems further down the line i usually find yeah. that when you when you skim these kind of issues um and then there's a little bit of uh, how to work the mechanics from, from your side of the table about saves and about uh, luck rolls what sort of damage you could improvise um, it, there's not much to it really as you would expect at this point so you know it's it's almost a disposable page I can't see myself going back to it very much No um, Because the next page is Encounters and I want to read about those <laughs> Of course do. How do you bring the world to life? So This is the monster manual part of it, which is, um, again, two pages long, and one of those pages is about how to construct your own monsters, and that does seem to be the way you should play this game, is that your monsters should be unique, you should be not just pulling them out of other books, or if you do, you should twist them to your own desires. And the first thing it says is that a monster should have a drive, Uh, characters and monsters should have something that they desire and are working towards, and that's the main guide for the referee in deciding how this being behaves and the, the the two examples it puts in is you know, it could be world domination but it could equally be a, a quiet life um, and on flipping the page look at some of the some of the uh, monsters that they've suggested as examples i can see that the drive is almost the first thing that's in there and and that is again it's just a real distillation of the sort of thing you might find in monster manuals it will either be a real feature to people because I think that's that's all I need to run this, and anything more is a waste, or it would drive you mad because you think, is that all you're going to tell me? Where's the rest of the stuff that I need to run this damn monster? <laughs> and I don't suppose there's a right answer to that, is there? Because the rest of it is, they've got the same stats as you have as a player, Gaz. Yeah, uh, I'm normally not a fan of that, but if you've only got four, easy peasy. And they've um, and they've got some, you know, attacks or some abilities which don't have to follow your rules. And the, what, the seven seven example monsters are all interesting. There's not an orc or a kobold among yeah. them. Yeah.
0: So that's good. It's all right. I find it interesting the Encounters chapters labelled how do you bring the world to life. And really, it's only like mm. that drive bit. That's the, how you bring the world to life. The rest of it is just how to use rules a little bit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, don't, I find that a little bit curious, but they are. Um, yeah, the monsters are all different and interesting. And uh, the thing to note is, it is that drive is the biggest part of each mm. of the monster description. The stats, like you say, are just four numbers. It's the the actual mm. text bit that's the interesting thing that's going to get us get us more game, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I quite like the beast in there. I think that seven examples. Um, you know, he's pushed the bow out here and given us seven rather than the one or two of those <laughs> things. I think it's a decent list I've had a look through some of them uh, it, it wouldn't be a spoiler to give you some names we've got a dust hag we've got a thing of glowing smoke we've got a dead echo um, That they're evocative names if nothing else and um, it won't take you very long to read through it but again it comes back to if you ran this guys and I ran this and we both had a strange hunter which is one of the things you can have they'd be very different from each other I think that's kind of cool actually i'd like to i would be really really happy to play into the odd with somebody else running it because on the basis that i have no idea what i'm going to be getting (laughs) it would be an exploration yeah yeah i think you're right so hmm. uh next up we've got treasure uh interesting so we know we're going to go on expeditions and we know there's going to be some monsters and and some arcana, and, and this treasure kind of fleshes that out a bit. It talks about the money, so we're going with a, a silver standards called shillings, uh, with copper pennies and gold guilders, although, as guys, you've noted that your character has nothing in the way of money right now, so that saved you going shopping, <laughs> but I suppose it, it gives you an impetus to go and get some of this stuff. Um, and then the rest of it's about example arcana, which is... Which is a weird thing to put in, I think, because we've already had three pages of Example Arcana. Yeah. And it does give you some more here and some ideas on how to make your own, which are essentially make something up. Really? It, it it's almost pointless, I think. This this is this page for me is a little bit of an odd one given that we've already had equipment and now we're back to money. Then we're into example arcana and we've already had it. Yeah. So this is this is an odd one for me
0: yeah I think it'd be it might have been better served if it was just interesting items it doesn't have to be arcana it could be I don't know mm. like if there was a, a, a grappling hook gun that shot up grappling hooks with a rope attached to it or you know devices of that kind of nature um, that might mm. that might be more interesting in terms of cool stuff you can find or devise and or, and that might be, give me more of an idea about the um, what things you might have in the setting given that we've got this kind of Industrial bent to it from the cover and a, and a hint at it with muskets mm. and things, and then nothing more about that kind of element. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I guess it's just trying to then lever the point that what this is telling me is that this game's all about finding Arcana and doing cool stuff with it,
1: it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, or well, that's what the text is trying to tell me. I think might keep including it, yeah, I think so. Uh, and then the very final piece before we move into the next section of the book is Traps, Obstacles, Hazards, which has got to be a A nod back to to dungeoneering are you getting the feeling you're supposed to be going into a dungeon at this point guys does this feel like D&D still it's starting to feel more like that
0: yeah like I said we've not gone through the example of players so I can't tell you there but it definitely feels Mm. like you fight stuff more than anything Um, Mm. and you want arcana it seems and there's a bit about treasure, and now we've got to traps and there's monsters, so yeah, it feels like we go on expeditions, fight stuff get money and magical
1: items is what, I, what it feels mm-hmm. like yeah, but in the same vein, it couldn't read more differently from even basic D&D from back in the day, I don't think, I'm getting a very different vibe off of it, even if the activity that it's suggesting might be similar mm. I guess the setting chapter is going to be the The make or break on that really isn't it yeah um oh speaking of make or break i'm kind of conscious that that's it we've got to the we've got halfway through and the next bit is is labeled the odd world which is going to be all about the setting the scenario all of the stuff that that might paint in the gaps but i'm also conscious we spent an hour getting into the odd um Probably about one minute of that was generating the character and 59 minutes <laughs> <including> the <component, laughs> talking yeah. about it. Okay. So it's probably a good time to take a break there. Maybe we'll revisit in part two. Or maybe um, when we're doing our own reading uh, in the intervening week, perhaps you know we could bring this to life with a, with a scenario and, and maybe some actual play. Uh, because I don't think a player would be reading the setting bit, would they? They'd probably rock up with as much knowledge as you did tonight, which is I'm kind of interested in this based on the cover. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll see. But what, what did you think so far then, mate?
0: Uh, it seems straightforward enough. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned that the world chapter, which is just a page. Or, or two pages <laughs> in, if you include the full <laughs> page on one of them. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like you said, there's probably a total of four pages on Arcana. The, on there's three pages of examples of play. The world gets one. Um, so I, <laughs> yes. It's definitely... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's putting some some weight on the GM and, or sorry the referee and the players to come up with the the, uh, the meat of it I think and probably scenarios I mean I'm aware that there's other there's quite a lot of online resources and people talk about it and make their own things up so I think part of it might be the online mm. community that kind of picked this up and done something with it but yeah it feels like a, a sort of D&D game but it's all supposed to be a bit weird and different what might be interested mm. in, uh, sorry, interesting to do is uh, possibly we'll run two games maybe you do one and I do one yeah. And we'll see how
1: yeah. they differ. Um yeah. Maybe that might be interesting too. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, I mean actually, I mean, I was just saying, you know, let's let's save it for another episode. There's probably not enough to talk about for another episode. So you're right, mate. The entire world is summed up in one page. Um, and it's it's good it's good stuff. Uh, there's a big city called Bastion. Um, Lord knows what that looks like. There's beyond Bastion, beyond civilization, and yeah, the whole world gets a one page write up, but it's interesting. I know that there's loads of stuff online to back that up but I'd want to play it without knowing yes. that stuff just to see what happens Um and then yeah if we take sort of like a whistle stop tour through the rest of the content because the next section is another big one um, <laughs> by its standards of, of you know four pages which is a scenario a exciting. scenario my word it is exciting because I think scenarios in books are good well they should be good the fact that they are in there is a good thing whether they are actually good scenarios is <laughs> a different thing entirely Um but yeah, an actual scenario, which is, uh, it's got an, a keyed map, so it's looking dungeony, And then after that, we've got an outdoorsy place, so the Fallen Marsh, which is sort of zooms out to a, a geographical area, which is done in hexes, which is Looks hex crawl, uh, another yeah. callback. Yeah, yeah. So we start with a dungeon, then we've got a bit of, uh, of wilderness, and then we've got a city. Uh, called Hope's End Port which is not the city that is called out in the world which is Bastion Mm. which is where I kind of thought the default setting is and then everything they give you to play in is a day's ship travel from Bastion Yeah. Um, that's okay maybe it's for starting characters and then you know as you get into the world the the big city is on the horizon and you head that way Is that, that, that could be a kind of a draw I suppose I just found that a bit strange that you weren't you weren't put straight into the the big piece of the setting from day one. Yeah. You're kind of like in the hinterlands. Yeah. Odd. Um. Hmm, odd. <laughs> um, but it is it is really, really fleshed out. So as as a dungeon um and as a hex crawl piece of region, it's it's keyed and you've got a few lines for each location, but they're meaty lines that give you enough to riff off of. There's no box text. You wouldn't expect that sort of thing. Um, there's no lengthy explanation there's absolutely nothing in a way of plot at what? all, it's purely location based, but it's cool locations, and I guess the players bring the plot I guess mm, must have um, well, I guess we'll, we'll play through it and see um, and then the very last section of the book, I got this in a PDF, did you get this in your hard copy Gaz, I've got an odd yes. pendium oh you did, ok cool so I had a feeling it was, wasn't printed in the original ones uh, the Oddpendium is a big old stack of D100 tables, uh, which you can roll on for inspiration, Uh very OSR thing to do, and it's got loads of stuff about people you might meet, places you might go, street names, um, what people look like, what their connection to you is, uh, whatever happened to them, what's around the next corner, what the businesses are, etc. They're good tables. Scanning them, it's every, everything is interesting. And there's none of that like roll twice on this table. or <laughs> 15, 15 of them say nothing happens today. Yeah. yeah, It's it's all interesting. So you you're gonna get some adventure out of any roll on these tables. And I suppose the first one is the most interesting for me because it's the names, and that, that's another piece of setting right there, isn't it? So, guys, do you fancy rolling two D hundred to see what your characters called? Oh my goodness! Cause coming up with the names the hardest bit of games, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, potentially. Uh, right, okay. Gonna... Well, it is if you don't know the setting, definitely. Yeah. I mean, what would you have called yourself? I mean, you'd have to come up with something a bit generic, I suppose. I'd come up with
0: something weird.
1: I think. Let's let's roll on the table and see what it tells me. Um, okay. First name D one fifty six. Are you male or female? You get to choose that bit. Uh, let's be female then. Okay. See, so your first name is uh, Mooney, M U uh, N I. Then eighty six. And then 86, Tereen, T-E-R-R-I-N-E. Okay. Like the container for Passade. Yeah, that's... It's double my character's (laughs) going to become after the first adventure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's okay. So uh, a first name and a surname isn't always obvious to people when they're doing characters. You sometimes get, like, Hawk the Slayer or just a single name, don't you? So, yeah, yeah, but, you know, uh, Quinn Stagger is a possibility that and you kind of get in a sense for it they're like you know Volta underhog so yeah there's some interesting names now in it gives me a kind of an edwardian mm. vibe but the whole vibe i'm getting off of this is if you've ever read them is china book. Yes, and um that's definitely what i'm thinking when i read through this so loads of tables um and that's your lot that's your entire book so i think it's what i've read it in an hour from front to end um and that was with skimming a couple of little bits, but then concentrating and thinking about others. It is not a long read, but I'd call it full of interest. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, there's definitely something we can have a go at that. It does feel like a pick-up-and-play game, like I've said. You can make characters mm. in two minutes, and then start doing something. So it feels like something handy to have in your bag if you're at conventions. You can't find anything else to do for an hour or two. I reckon you could slap an adventure mm. together by rolling some random tables and getting some characters together quite easily.
1: Okay, well, I think our next thing to do then is to is to take this take this out into the community and and try some games and maybe get some of our old guests back together for a for a bit of a a live cast perhaps and um, we'll see how it works in real life. But um, but thanks ever, much, ever so much for doing your character, guys. I think I want to go and roll up a few myself. I think <laughs> do half a dozen and and then you know put them together as a little party. It's not like you need to do pre gens, is it? I'd actually take people from a character generation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think why not? Yeah, why not? yeah cool well there you go that will save you some time um, so, so that's it for Into the Odd so if you are already um, a player of Into the Odd or you've got it or you, you've you got opinions about it we'd love to hear it at this stage um, and for those of you reading along at home you can get this through all the usual channels it's on drive Through. it's not very much money and a few quid. if that um, it's well worth it even just for the read even if you do nothing else with it but I think we will do something with it and we'll see how that goes yeah looking forward to it actually let's give it a try and uh, see what comes out the other end cool okay right so that's it for the smart party for this week so um we've gotten into this game uh, and more still to come so thanks everyone for listening for this week and and a huge thanks again to our patrons um who've logged on to patreon.com slash the smart party and donated us a couple of dollars and it's your thoughts that have led us down this twisting labyrinthine street into a strange city that nobody understands with a heat ray and a bone magnet so, didn't think I'd be doing that on a Tuesday night.
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks very much, everybody. Uh, obviously, we're going to give it a go ourselves, but if you've got any interesting stories from going into the Odd, feel free to let us know on UK role Players or emailers or any of the other usual places. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much.